are you? Yes, you. Looking for a spectacular listening experience? Then you've come to the right place. Care to have your ear holes entertained by music chatter? Then be sure to stick around. Is this everything you've ever wanted and more? Then don't forget to blast beat those special buttons, you, for more quivering eargasms. <laughs> oh, for fuck. I hope that went through the, the actual mic. I could hear something. <laughs> I'll take it <laughs> all day long. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sounds That Changed My Life. We don't know what episode this is, and we don't really care. Um, we are welcoming Tom back to the podcast as our first ever guest and first ever return. So, hello, Tom. Oh, hello. Join in, Tom. Oh, sorry. Yeah, why are you clapping oh, yourself, Christ, you weird man. prick? Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's going to be one of them. <laughs> so, today we are covering... Uh, Oh, Damn the Torpedoes by Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. It is a Heartbreakers album, isn't it? Yeah, it is indeed, yes. Thank fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was just going to be, oh no, it's just Tom Petty. Um, so this is Tom's choice today. Yes, sir. And we are somewhere a little bit different. Um, not for a reason. It's for a very big reason, but for you guys, it's fuck all really. <laughs> um, so, how are you, Tom? I'm good, thanks, man. How are you? Um, stressed, but happy. Yeah, I'm just happy that we're actually doing this, and it's toy, it's toy, toy, it's toy, it's uh, <laughs> toy, like a toy, toy it's taken us a long time to actually plan this out and do this. So, um, ooh, Balls. if you do it, you do it near the mic. Someone's cracking them a cold one. Spicy. That's oh yeah, how you do it, it baby. Oh. <laughs> right. So, um, the last podcast that we did with you, Tom, was actually. One of our most viewed podcasts. So oh well done. God, I'm so sorry. It was for your face. <laughs> um, so I'm really glad that we're doing this because it was actually one of the most fun podcasts that we've done. Yeah, I had a good time. So we're at number, I think it's number 23 off the top of my head. Yeah, I think so. And if not, we're just going to record another podcast and put it in front. Yep. Hey. <laughs> um, so I'm going to do all the usual stuff at the beginning because people don't make it to the end. We know who you are. Um, it's me. If you... <laughs> <laughs> Um, if you are watching and you're on YouTube, hello, welcome. If you're on Spotify, you can't see us wave, so fuck you. <laughs> um, feel free to subscribe, do all the sharing, all that sort of stuff. We don't really care all too much. I don't care. I don't give a fuck at this point. Um, but we do appreciate it in all jokes and all seriousness. I'm just going to stop looking at the camera now because everyone's staring at me. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, oh, should God. I be looking at a camera? <laughs> uh, there's two cameras. There. Point at a camera, because they can't see me. There. And there. Sweet. Um, so, what does this album mean to you, Tom? Uh. See, he's got the uh, album track listing written down in front of him. I have, yeah. I, have, I haven't got didn't... what it means to me, though. Yeah. I just think um, Tom Pitt and the Heartbreakers, for me, was are my favourite bands. And, and I think this album is sort of the quintessential Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers experience like nice word thank you um it's f for me though it doesn't contain my favorite track by the band this is their strongest body of work like every song on the album to me at least is excellent and it really for me is just sort of how to write a great rock and roll album Ooh. yeah so 
what actually sort of introduced you to the album when you when you found it? Because obviously, was it your introduction to Tom Petty as a whole, or no, no? Um, my introduction to Tom Petty in the whole, as a um, in the whole, yeah. Okay, uh, as a whole. <laughs> I've been awake since 6 a.m. Um, <laughs> was the um, documentary they did called Running Down a Dream. Okay. And from there, I remember asking my father if he had any Tom Petty CDs that I could put onto my iPod, and he did. And from there, I just sort of went outwards and inwards and discovered all of the music. And this was the one that just stood out to me. This, you know, it's just got, such fantastic songs it sounds great it's just like an audiophile's dream like it's yep. just so well produced well mixed well engineered it's just a, like and as a songwriter as well you know it's just so inspirational like every like the lyrics are fantastic you know it's in terms of the structure of the songs it's very much like intro verse chorus etc but you know it works just so well yeah so Outside of, you know, being introduced to this album, because, excuse me, <clears throat> in terms of, obviously, your dad introduced you to it, or, you know, inadvertently anyway, because it was just, you know, here's my iPod, here's a load of music. Yeah. We know what your dad's like. He's like a encyclopedia of music. <laughs> he has the biggest vinyl collection I've seen. Um, So, in terms of tonality... And musicality on the record. What drew you to it over the other stuff? It's more cohesive, I think. Like, if you listen to their debut album, it's a great album, but there's quite a lot of different sort of idea. You can tell it's a debut album. Yeah. And to a lesser extent, the same can be said for their second album. Again, both two both great albums, and the second album has my favourite song by them, which is "Listen to a Heart." But this one just from from the way it's built, like from the way the tracks follow on from each other, to the way the drums sound. You know, they recorded it as a full band performance. Yeah. Um, in Sound City, uh, with um, produced Jimmy Iovine, and it just. It just sounds crystal clear. Like every song sounds crystal clear. Every song has room to breathe. And they just, like there are hooks on hooks on hooks and beautiful imagery in the lyrics. And everyone's just like plays the hell out of their instrument on it. It's just a great album front to back. I mean, it's one of those that when you look at Sound City as a whole, it's it's a legendary studio for the fact that it's got a great drum room. Mm. You know, if you watch the Sound City movie, which I've spoken about God knows how many times, um, but it's one of those rooms that is known for that reason. It goes under a different name now. They changed the name of the studio a few years ago. Um, after the after the film came out, really, which oh, is kind of sad. Oh, good. Yeah, mm. it's kind of sad. <clears throat> but it's it's really funny because I've been trying to clock it out the corner of my eye <clears throat> that Ben is obviously our stats guy and he's all like, facts and figures and stuff like that and you're saying all this stuff and I, I can just see Ben going, I'm just waiting for like a jump like, <laughs> he's just <"Nah!" laughs> it's just like that's my fact I'll have that um, to be fair it's funny you talk about the drums because I was watching like a snippet from um, 
I don't know if you remember like the classic albums thing that was on, it might have been BBC Music, it might not have been. Yeah. But they did a Damn the Torpedoes when Jimmy Iovine was saying like he came onto this record on the back of um, like Jackson Brown and the Eagles where the drum sound was dead. Like, yeah, it's really there was dry. No reverb. And for whatever reason, this time they just did it completely different. It sort of set the precedent for how drums for, were recorded for a really long time. Yeah. So, I mean, it's one of those as well that whenever you see um, stuff about, you know, talking about stuff like Tom Petty, for instance, you um, obviously he's in the album. Well, he's in the, the movie of Sound City. Um, he's in the Defiant Ones as well, which is obviously about Dr. Dre and Jimmy Iovine and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I think it's not just, I don't think it's just the album. Obviously, his influence has been heard so vastly. Mm, I don't absolutely. even know if that's a word, but it's, it's you know, it's been heard so much. And you, it, it, it seems kind of silly, but even if you don't know who Tom Petty is, you've heard one of his songs. Oh, for sure. Like, absolutely. Like, you know, I think, um, God, was it, it doesn't matter how long ago it was, but, um, I remember being at work and I had free falling on and someone said, Oh, it's free falling. I was like, yeah, it's, you know, Tom Pay. They're like, I don't know who that is, but I know free falling. Yeah. And like, I'll, I'll put money on most people knowing like American girl as well. Like, yeah. I you, can vouch for that. <laughs> yeah. You might not know him, but like his songs are household names. Yeah. It's, it's really weird. Cause I, like, I remember talking to you before. And I felt ashamed when I uh, revealed that Free Fall In, I originally thought was from, you know, John Mayer because of his live album. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, so, Good yeah. Job. Good job. I felt very, very ashamed by that one. But, you know, that also, at that point, that in, in a backwards way opened the door for me to experience more, more of that sort of side of of music and I know that sounds really weird but before that point I didn't really listen to Tom Petty or even that sort of style of rock yeah so it kind of opened my eyes to um American rock as a whole because you know I always listen to you you, you always get the stuff from the 80s like oh here's Guns N' Roses and stuff like that growing up you think thinking like the Heartland stuff like Bruce Springsteen and like yeah the, the spangly rock you yeah don't, you yeah. don't you know, you kind of, you have to have an introduction to that. You grow up listening to, you know, Guns N' Roses, and you hear of, you know, you or even if you don't like them, you hear like White Snake and all those sorts of eighties bands. And White Snake are a British band. Fuck. Let's just finish the recording now. <laughs> See you later, guys. Um, well, David Coverdale's British. I don't. They're probably not a British band at this stage. Yeah. So, oh fuck, my point has just gone out the window. There's no windows in this room. Um, but yeah. What I'm trying to say is in terms of, like, you, outside of, I know it sounds silly, outside of, like, glam rock and all that sort of stuff, there's a certain circle of rock bands that you people, even if they don't listen to rock, they just know. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Tom Petty was one of those that was a household name without even knowing that he was a household name, if that makes sense. Yeah. And he's so influential, even if you don't realise he's an influence to you, because he's he's influenced so many other people. Oh, absolutely, yeah. It's the same with Springsteen. Like you listen to, uh, I'll, I'll use Sam Fender as a as an example. His music is so Springsteen laced. But you got the Gaslight Anthem as well. Yeah, exactly. It's got like Springsteen on their sleeve, haven't they? 
So it's pretty crazy because you can hear it in other bands and that's where music starts to become exciting again because you can track you can track music back through generations then. It becomes a heritage thing then, doesn't it? Yeah. And I think it becomes that's when it becomes timeless. Absolutely, yeah. So I'm gonna throw it out to the two silent partners in the room. <laughs> I've been waiting. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. So I'm gonna go for Ben first. Because Josh is staring at me. Yep. Um What I'm not gonna say what are your thoughts because obviously podcast is called Sounds of Change My Life, so it's it's clearly we want to be talking about it in a in a good light. But, better, <laughs> but in terms of how you were I wouldn't say like introduced, but you know, where does that kind of sit in terms of what you listen to? I could to? easily talk about how I was introduced to Tom Petty because I got introduced to the Travelling Wilburys. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Which like so you see, back in those days, it was like a super group, really, it weren't it? Was the super group by definition, really? Yeah. You had, um, you had Tom Petty, Bob Dylan, Roy Orbison, Jeff Lynne, Jeff Lynne and George Harrison. Made, just made a band. Were they were they like the first super group? I doubt think? it. But, yeah, I wouldn't. But they were good. <laughs> They're the first notable super group that I can really think of, to be fair. But at that, I don't know. At that sort of point, you you look at it and you think, well, actually, at that sort of era people were just jamming together anyway yeah absolutely yeah and that art has been lost oh yeah so yeah well in terms of like did you find him through that group or was yeah. it more okay because yeah. I, I grew up say so i like the beatles i grew up with bob dylan so then like, i think it was my granddad or my dad said oh you should listen to traveling wilburys mm. said like all right who's that one and they said i oh, was tom petty but i knew what free i kind of like i knew free falling but i didn't realize oh yeah tom petty yeah yeah yeah, so I'm going to be a dick on camera. Sorry, can you move the microphone close to your mouth? Sorry. Or sit close. One or the other. I don't want you to eat it, but you can. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. I'll take that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, in terms of, yeah, I, I get it. Like, I didn't realize that it, this is going to sound horrible. It's going to sound really bad. It took for me up until about six months ago to really understand and appreciate the Beatles. Um, yeah, I know. Um, but in terms of with the Beatles and things like that, I know so many of their songs and then I watched the Get Back documentary and it changed the way that I looked at them completely. And then I started listening through the back catalogue and I was like, I know this, I know this. And then it just became so deep. Then I ended up going to watch the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductions and then there's Tom Petty on stage and you go, ah, and then that opens. It's like a spider web, isn't it? it? It's, you know, you start um, sort of seeing more and more and you realize that you, oh, I know this. And then you just get a little bit more information and you just grab on a little bit more. And then it just completely changes the way that you look at an artist as a whole, I think. Absolutely, yeah. Now you, Josh. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to disappoint everybody here and everybody watching or listening. And what a, what a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. Just what? like my dad. <laughs> my, I know some songs, but it's just going to be the main songs uh, that you hear, like Free Falling or whatnot. Um, in terms of this album, if I'm completely honest, I know I should have listened to it. You should have, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but I didn't. 
Yeah, no, it's, it's fine. It's I fine. do apologize. <laughs> it's um, not like you had a week. <laughs> no. And so anyone like um, about to like start typing furiously, I know and we know that Free Falling is a Tom Petty solo track. I'm just using it as an example. <laughs> Sorry, mate, what are you saying? No, it's... Uh, it's you, a shame. You've thrown him now. In terms, <laughs> in terms of music like this, I was never really brought up on it like... For me, it's more modern rock. I'd, I'd probably say like the Chilis um, and more. Well, they're funk rock. It's still rock, rock though. Yeah, uh, it was more modern stuff rather than like I'd probably say anything earlier than like the early nineties yeah. was not really brought to me. So mm. yeah. I don't necessarily find it hard listening to that kind of stuff, but it's because of my music preference now has got a lot heavier and like it's pretty much just all the same stuff. I really abuse listening to classics. So it's not that I won't listen to it. It's just unless it's pretty much put in front of me, I probably won't listen to it out of free will, which is a shame and I shouldn't be like that. Correct. So um, <laughs> this is a conversation I've been having with Tom. Not Tom, sorry, Josh. Uh, for years, just getting him to the point where it's like, try this, give this a go. When does the breakdown come? <laughs> <There's> no, <laughs> no yeah. it, it's a shame. It's even like the Beatles. Obviously, I know so many of the songs, but I couldn't tell you what song was on what album, yeah. which is absolutely despicable. It is it's vile. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> what were you going to say? <laughs> no, I gave you a look because obviously. At this point, you're probably going to be on camera. And then I made a weird noise when I was drinking. <laughs> I didn't know that it came, if it came from the mic, it just came. <laughs> uh, yeah, so going off of off of that sort of stuff, I remember like growing up with you, it was more of a, yeah, chilies are a big one. Chilies are a big one in your household. Um, I remember hearing a lot of, there was a lot of grunge mm -hmm. and sort of post-grunge as well. So yeah, I think uh, I think you are right, but uh, I know it sounds horrible. Then I'm like, oh, you've had such a just just a horrible childhood. A lot of people, <laughs> say, <laughs> a lot of people say to me, "What rock have you been hiding under?" Because there's so many references to things that happen. It's called funk, not rock. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, I, I just seem like I've been living in such a sheltered life. It's unreal, and, and I've. It's probably the reason why I focus on listening to the same kind of stuff. But you're afraid. Mm. Some people just yeah. get comfortable though, don't yeah. they? Yeah. I think that's all it really is. People get comfortable with what they know. And then you're like, oh, I like this. I'm not completely it. I'm not completely saying that I would never listen to like Tom Petty because I did put him on earlier and the majority Back of the better. It's not the album that we're we're gonna no. be talking about. <laughs> it's just like the greatest hits and stuff, but or the most popular. So, does that count in some way? Yeah. Uh, kind yeah. Of. <laughs> I mean, being as we're covering uh, Damn the Torpedoes, no. Well, yeah, it doesn't count in that song. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll give you a C minus for effort, but an F for execution. Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> Me and Tom will know this, but this is for you two. Right. Do you know what year the album came out? We can take a wild guess. Not oh, nine. when you, you made eye contact, as you said, you, me and Tom will know this. And I was like, I don't know what he's going to say. <laughs> um, I'm going to go 1980. Oh, I'm going to fuck this up. And I was just looking at the track list on my phone. I can't cheat. I'm really tempted to cheat. 
Eighty uh, four. Oh, you want to tell them? Nah, it? you got you're the facts guy. 1979. Ooh, 17, close. Fuck me. One year <laughs> out. 79. Yeah. 84. 42 years old this year. Holy crap. Yeah. Now, I could be wrong. 84. But 84 might have been the year Southern Accents came out. Fact check. I'm on my way. I'm on my way. Anyone? Quick. I'm on my way. <laughs> um, See the 84. Right? 85. Ah. Oh, I'm sorry, Tom. It's okay. Yeah, so funny thing was, when I was looking at the uh, track listing for this album, first and foremost, because honestly, we really haven't uh, sort of prepared for this podcast as well as we should have. We were just excited to have Tom back on. Yeah. Um, you know, so this podcast might be split into two parts. It might be partially Tom Petty, and then the rest of it is just us talking about music. Um, but Surrender was the one song that I knew, and you scolded me for it earlier. I don't, I don't know if I scolded you. I just said, oh, that's not on, like, the bass album. Yeah, and then we're setting up for the podcast, and I'm like, yeah, I know Surrender, in the back of my head. I'm like, yeah, I know this. And then you guys go, are we covering just the bass album or the deluxe? And you go, oh, no, just the bass. And I'm like, my view is pointless. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know. I mean, Surrender's a good song. It's a very good song. It's a very good song, yeah. Very good song. So, would you say this is your favourite artist out of all time? I'd say so, yeah. 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 I'd, I'd, maybe because I know Tom so intimately. Not That's a wrong word to use. Ooh. Whoa. <laughs> um, you know, me and Tom have been friends for so long now, I almost reacted like, well, that's a silly question. Why are you asking him that? But I, I do, I, I know what you mean. Um, but to be fair, us growing up, like me and you lost touch for a few years and then suddenly it's like I like classic American rock and I'm like, Oh <laughs> Hello Tom. <laughs> yeah, I think like growing up I was a pro- like a proper little grabe. Yes. So it was just like basically like if it didn't have like zeros and breakdowns in it, I wasn't interested. See, this is what I <laughs> mainly remember of you because when we were in the band, yeah, like, yeah. 10, and, like, 12 years ago. Like, please don't get me wrong. I still love that stuff. Yeah. No, that's, that's what, cool. binary metal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ones and zeros. <laughs> um, but I th- yeah, I think like the Tom Petty and like the Americana and the Heartlands Rock sort of happened either very late teens or like the first few years of my 20s. Yeah. I mean, I think it, it takes a certain maturity to really listen to the albums and that sort of music and really take it in. Uh, and I, I feel that there's certain types of music, and it's not to sound snobby or anything, it's there's certain types of music that you look at and you go, I wouldn't have got this when I was a teenager. Yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't have understood it. It takes a level of maturity. Yeah, I think it takes a level of life experience as well because mm. he's talking about stuff that's real, you know, rather than going, ugh. I hate life and it's just like you know you you look at it and go well actually he's talking even if it's like hidden behind lyricism and stuff like that it's he's talking about stuff that actually happens yeah I could be wrong about this but Refugee which is the first song on the album um I'm pretty sure the lyrics were written about the record label who at the time was tried to sue him yeah, yeah the record label was suing him he was declaring bankruptcy to get out of the contract because the record label that he signed with was then bought out by MCA. Thank you. <laughs> I and like this. To which he was like, well, I didn't sign a contract with you, so you 
don't own my music. And they were like, well, yeah, we do. And the album was recorded while this lawsuit was going on. He was trying to like declare, like declare bankruptcy. And I'm, I think refugee was written about the record, like the situation with the record label. Like, you know, the f- first line is like you and me, we got something, but we don't talk too much about it. And then, yeah. Whatever he did, it worked. So yeah, because yeah. they ended up going to uh, Backstreet Records. Yeah, that's that was a subsidiary of MCA. Yeah, that, that I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure they like made it to keep them on. The I, I could be I could be completely wrong, but that's my understanding of it. It is good though because um, the way I look at that is there's so much music now, and I do I listen to everything. I, I will I will listen to anything. My whole caveat to that is. It's got to have a melody or something I can sing along to. It can be a guitar riff. It's it's just I want some sort of melody. Yes, you want a hook basically. Something that's why they're called hooks is something to reel you into the song. Yeah, I can't get behind black metal. Can't do it. It's just it's a lot for me. Um, but you know, you look at a lot of modern, and I'm not even talking about rock. A lot of modern music, and for the most part, it's meaningless. Oh, it's sex, drugs, and partying. That's it. I mean, so one of my favorite albums, and I'm going to alienate the whole room, um, is Dark Twisted Fantasy by Kanye West. Now, That's obviously, yours. he's a polarizing figure you think? in the industry. <laughs> Sarcasm. <laughs> um, and you you look at that album, and it's his most musically diverse, I'd say. It's the first one where people are like, this guy's crazy. Uh, and that's whatever your opinion is. But he really pushed the boat out and he worked with different musicians and a lot of the lyrics have meaning. After that, I'm not too fussed, you know. But I I get behind it because I can tell there's emotion there. I can't listen to it otherwise. So, you know, when you listen to albums like that and then you hear Tom Petty singing, you know, lyrics that he does... You know, free falling. I'm going to be wrong here. It's about a girl. Yes, maybe. But at the same time, the thing, and we we talk about this in our reaction videos. The great thing about music is the artist could write something completely off the wall, and it could be something that, if we're honest, doesn't have the same meaning as the fans take on. Then the fans take it on for a completely different reason. And that's what I really love about it. So you, you really sort of look at it and be like, oh, that means something to me. And it might not have ever been his favourite song to write, but it means something to you. Yeah, absolutely. At the end of the day, art is art. You you perceive that in any way you take form. Yeah. Like, it, like you said, it's not going to be exactly the same portrayed to one person than it is the other because they may be going through something else in their life. And it, I know from personal experience, like I went through a lot of crap when I was younger. I took a lot of uh, meaning to uh, the self-titled album from Avenged Sevenfold, but that has personal meaning to me. Whereas I know for a fact you've, whether you listen to it or not, if you do, then you've got a completely different outlook to it because you didn't go through what I went through. Yeah, like it's it, that's the beauty about it, and it might be one of those that that album means a lot to me. Well, obviously we've done an episode on it. Yeah. But um, it might be something that means a lot to me for a completely different reason. Yeah. And that's fine. And that's what this is about. This is what we're doing this for is because it's to basically explain, you know, 
we might have different views, but at the same time, you know, we still appreciate it. Yeah, cool. Yeah. That's um, why we called it Sounds That Changed My Life. Yeah, good branding. Hey. <laughs> um, so I don't like doing this. and I, I said I'd stop doing it, but I have to. Uh, Favourite song on the album? You can do a top three. Oh, thank God. How many songs on the album? <laughs> Nine? Nine, ten. Eight. Ben, help. <laughs> you said that it goes up to... No, you're right, it's nine. Oh, is it? Nine. Yeah. So... Uh, my top three. <laughs> Don't do me like that. Uh, my t- uh, yeah. Fuck yeah! It was the song <laughs> that was playing when we were setting up. My people. Um, uh, top three. Uh, Refugee. Even the losers. <sighs> he, if it was his choice, he would have given us a top nine. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's how many songs are on the album. Oh yeah. Um. Probably ha- here comes my girl. So basically, the first three, which doesn't is not to say that there's like a dip in quality afterwards. But what I get from that, which is quite interesting, and you can correct me completely me if I'm wrong. You understood what I was trying to say there. I messed it up coming out of my mouth. Bear. <laughs> I got um, you. Is I feel like you are one of those people that would prefer to listen to an album front to back. I always do. In yeah. fact, I was I was thinking about this the other day when I saw like um, I can't remember if it was an article or a YouTube video that was like singles versus albums, and like to me, like I get everyone's different, but I was just there like, how is that even a conversation? Like, yeah, because I, I like, and this is just me. Like, I'm not saying it's the right way to consume music or the wrong way, but I've always listened. Like, if I put an album on, that's me for like the duration of the album. Like, I don't skip songs. I don't, you know play one song twice or whatever like for me albums have always existed as a piece of art in themselves yeah it's an entirety so you know like artists and bands and songwriters put so much effort into the structure of the album and the ordering of the songs and stuff it feels like a bit of a disservice to that and this is just you know i'm not saying this is how you should do it or whatever Ooh. but like <laughs> it always <laughs> has felt like a bit of a disservice to me to just like pick and shoot, I, I don't know. Like that's the one thing, and I'm pretty sure we said it on a on a previous podcast. That's the one thing I really respect about Adele with her new album. She's got the power to get Spotify to take a shuffle button off their album. I respect and, that so much. Yeah. And it's just like you know, she's acknowledging the fact that this album is supposed to be listened to front to back. Well, there's a reason they they make the songs and they put the songs in that order, isn't it? So it's oh, hundred percent. And the thing is, it's like. That stuff causes arguments, man. Like that, you know, when, okay, we weren't at the same level as Adele, but like when we released our EP, bearing in mind that we were writing shit music at the time and we were very young. This is not Everchanger. This is the project. <laughs> this is not Everchanger. <laughs> mm, um, 10 years ago. <laughs> but you've got to look at it and be like, that caused discussions. Yeah, absolutely. Like everyone... the songs that we did enjoy were the songs that we had discussions over and it was important to us. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like, even down to the Everchanger, like trying to choose the track listing for that in the specific order is, is actually quite difficult because I know we've wrote, it was more the fact that we wrote singles and then we tried to work them together because it was uh, Mr. Mills and I who started it with boy. just instrumentals. And then we obviously brought Tom in to do uh, the, the vocals yep. with writing lyrics. 
And I know that from, obviously we were in the semi-sides, all three of us. That and is the band we were in 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> My biggest regret is not letting us change the name. I'm sorry. I want to formally <laughs> apologise on a recorded medium. So It sorry. is what it is. We were kids. <laughs> yeah. I, I see what you mean, though. And it's, it's one of those that by the time that album eventually releases, which hopefully will be finished soon. Oh, we've all got busy lives. We'll get to it. Yeah, yeah we'll get to it. <laughs> we'll get to it. It'll be a, probably a different It'll be probably a different track listing. Might be, but you know what? That's the nature of art, though, isn't it? Yeah, but when you've been sat on something for so long, this is probably going to move away from the whole album. You get hemorrhoids. <laughs> That's a good way of looking at life, isn't it, really? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Maybe? yeah. When you've been sat on something for so Oh, fucked it. I'm so, um, I'm so sorry. I think I feel like it's one of those that you, you look at it and you go, oh, I don't really want to release it anymore. Well, deep down, I want to release it, but... On the surface, I really want to write new music. It's like, just, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's like you you don't want to set it free into the world or some stupid well, tired analogy like that. The music that we've written is like two years old and I'm like, yeah. I've got better stuff in me, st- more stuff that I want to say, more important stuff that I want to say. I'm not that person anymore. Yeah. So, But that's what's good about art. It's a good snapshot in time though, isn't it? Of me, of me and... Um, Depression. Hello, darkness, my friend. <laughs> uh, note to self, make the whole frame grey for the video there. <laughs> Remember to just slowly zoom in on yourself as well while you're at it. The rain effect. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I feel like... Hang on. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing. Um... <laughs> Editor's note. Thank you, Thomas. Thank you for that. <laughs> Anyone listening on Spotify has no clue what. Oh yeah, I did a very funny visual gag to those of you listening on Spotify. Please don't watch the video. Just take my word for it. That was hilarious. It's so funny. Thanks, man. Um, so, um, in terms of, you know, in terms of, part of me wants to do a fact off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> part of me, but this isn't fair because you've got a laptop in front of you. That's yeah, not got a fair. Laptop in um, he's got a laptop in him. Yeah. Can it fit that way? Is it open or closed? Give it a go. Where am I going to swipe it? <laughs> um, this is going to go off the rails. Challenge accepted. <laughs> um, I so, keep knocking the microphone on my headphones. I'm so sorry. It's okay. It's, I was going to make a big head joke, but you look at me. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I think how how has that influenced you as a songwriter? Um... <laughs> pretty pretty deeply and vastly I'd say like up until that point all I wanted to do was like tune to drop C and chug 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 yeah chuggy wuggies and like down pick everything I'm at that point and you need to listen to, to Tom Petter yeah um, <laughs> I noticed the uh, I'm sorry to sort of interject no no but I noticed the difference with you when we stepped into a practice room together in like was it October December some sometime late last year when was it October. Was it? Yeah, it was. Jesus, we need to do that again. But it, it was very, it was eye-opening for me because obviously the last time we stepped into a practice room. We were both very out of practice. It was that one where we um went to what used to be Carbon in uh, Kings Norton and neither yeah. of us had played our instrument in like two years. Yeah, that was. Um, we spent three hours trying to nail uh, Jesus, Jesus of Suburbia. Suburbia. <laughs> that was. 
And I had that really heavy epiphone in my back hurt for yeah. like three days afterwards. I mean, as the three of us, though, it had been like 10 years. Yeah, oh, absolutely, yeah. And never with me playing guitar with the three of us either. Yeah, you were always vocals, weren't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was always That's worried that crazy. my were undone. Your flies are undone. No, I was always worried about it because with a guitar, it don't matter unless you like have it by your neck. Like this some is sort a of prog- weird <laughs> conversation. So when you were on stage with us, you were always worried that you were just letting it out. Yeah, like I'd do like a thirty second check beforehand, like before going onto stage. I'd be like, right, that is definitely. This is up. weird. I've never. These conversations are fun as fuck, man. No, Mate, no. I was and am to this day riddled with neuroses. <laughs> I mean, that's that's funny because, you know, my biggest issue when we went on stage was making sure the backing track would work on the way onto the stage, which it didn't. No, it did. Our biggest show. No, no, the backing track was fine. Joe's Joe's, bass? Yeah, my brother, who was the bassist (laughs) in the band, like went to plug his bass in and the entire jack just fell into the bass. Get to the end of this epic intro to us walking on stage. Which I was against in the first place. You were the one who did the voiceover, (laughs) the intro, Tom? I did the voiceover. I didn't want to like, I didn't want us going on stage one by one. I was like, To be fair, I did find that a little bit weird because I'm the drummer, so I had to go on stage first. Well, did you, because I was like too busy, like with my head in my hands. That was weird. I didn't, I was like, do a a stand? Do a a sit? How did you walk on? Did you like sidle? Or, like, was it full of purpose? I think I made sure that Josh was with me because his amp was closest well, like to my kit. like, holding your hand? Yeah. <laughs> Carry me. There you go. Sit down which, at your drums. Which venue was this? That was the O2. Is it the O2? Yeah, yeah, The yeah. one yeah. I didn't go to. Oh, you... F- oh. oh, you... Oh, you... I went to every other one, just not that one. That was a lot of fun, though. It was... <laughs> I mean, it was just the way it gets to the end of this intro track. And then you just I don't hear, think we got to the end. It, it it fades out, and then you just hear Joe go, "Anyone got a bass?" <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> oh. But to be fair, that was any, anything that could have went wrong that they did. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. My drumsticks broke during sound check. Yeah. Joe also forgot his bass. He did, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. he got to the venue. Like I, I'd done this. I don't know if we talked about it on the last podcast, but because me being me, I'd done this meticulous list of everything people needed to bring. And I'd I remember that each, list. Yeah, I'd given you each what you needed. And yet that dickhead still managed to forget his <laughs> instrument. Yeah, I, I, funnily enough. I love you so much, little brother. <laughs> when it comes to, when it comes to like playing as an artist or playing on stage, there is so many lessons I've learned just the hard way. Everything that can go wrong will first, go wrong. First live performance I ever did through a drumstick. <laughs> And I didn't have any spare, so I had to chase, chase the stick across the floor. Excellent. <laughs> I played in a jazz band at secondary school, sec form, sorry. And yeah, uh, Steve Smith, shout out Steve Smith, uh, sat in front of me. And my drumstick went for a flying lesson again and hit him in the back of the head. <laughs> so you just hear him, see him playing his guitar and just slowly turn his head towards me as if to say, what the fuck are you doing? Um, <laughs> that time I did have spare sticks. And yeah, it was, that was the weird thing. We did a show at the old academy in Birmingham. What was that called at the time? The Carlin Academy. Academy. No, no, after that. Uh, Because it had like. uh, Don't know. Carry on. Jamie, look that up for me. Uh, (laughs) So, yeah. Oh, no, I don't want references (laughs) like that while I'm here. So I think we've, um, that show. The ballroom. The ballroom, that was it. Funny thing about that show, there was a band, I'm not going to name them because I don't know if they're still together and I don't want to sh- shit on people like that. It's probably not going to be hard to find out. 
But they were on Scuzz and Kerrang at the time, and they thought they were... Hot shit. Yeah, good word. Um, and then... It's two words. Two shit, two shit, two shit. Yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Josh just mouthed it to me. I'll make sure that that's not on camera. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think we turned up to the show. And usually, especially when you're, like, not in a big band and, you know, people share kit, you just bring your own breakables. This band didn't want to play Is balls. this drums that we're talking about specifically? Yeah, do you remember? Yeah, yeah, I Bless your that. dad. Oh, gotcha. We, we turned up and it, we were half an hour out from going on stage. Do you remember, I don't share my kit. I don't share my kit. But you don't share friends either words. They don't share friends because what actually happened is we sold our allocation of tickets and then everyone came to see us, which I love to this day. That was a lot of fun. That was. We played that was show. Really show. was probably my favourite show we ever played on my kit, which sounded horrible, but loved it. And then everyone left as we packed down. And they, do you remember what they did after? Didn't they go onto the balcony? Like, everyone come back. Yeah, does anyone want to come in and watch our set? They they played to like three people. <laughs> and that's what you get for being a dick. <laughs> I think, when, when especially when you're at that level, which is microscopic. Because we were not, by any stretch of the imagination, anywhere nah, near. Nah, we just, we just enjoyed it. But that's like, you've got to, you can't be with that band that's like, oh yeah, we're edgy and we're here to take on everyone. It's like... Just We're correct. doing this after like school or university or work. Just have fun and be mates. Like, yeah, there's and we no point having an ego. Mm. Wasn't it your first gig? Was it that pub going towards Dud- Dudley? Oh, Jesus. Jesus, we did. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was weird. That was, that was yeah. That you was know tight. what? <laughs> I actually played that pub before. Did you actually? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and um, two of my um, classmates, Brett and Nathan. Okay, uh, we played that pub because Nathan who was playing bass managed to get us on the bill and yeah. we were mm, fif- I remember how 15 I think yeah I remember how excited we were because it was like oh it's a metal fest it's a festival and we were like yeah it's a festival this is going to be so sick turn up it's a pub it was <laughs> it, like yeah it's a it's a pub but I'm we just, we met basically the bands that we would carry on playing with for about a year after that didn't we so we met surrender the coast which was were lovely guys, and they did really well for themselves. They had two left-handed guitarists. They did. It was great. <laughs> it was really nice to see. Um, I'm a lefty as well. And so. they, they were really lovely people. Um, and then Dakota Ruins played. Yeah, yeah. We, we played with them a lot. With them for a while as well. And uh, I'm just going to hold my breath on the next band. <laughs> <laughs> it was ten and a half years ago. You've got no chance of me remembering. Oh, uh, it's One Life Left. <laughs> yeah, they only got on the bill because I worked with the lead singer at the time. So, um, which is kind of, that would, it's obviously a lie, isn't it? Um, sorry, that was mean. That was really mean. <laughs> sorry, that's not how it is. Should I click to cut that bit out? No, nah, we don't cut the podcast. Oh, no. <laughs> we don't edit the podcast. So I, don't, I sound like a dick. But yeah, basically, they, they ended up getting on the show because at the time that I was working with him, I was like, oh, we're, mate, we're playing a, a metal festival thing. He was like, oh, can we get on the bill? Here's the email address or the, here's the Facebook page of the person. Yes, you can. Fine, fair enough. But yeah, like Dakota Ruins, like we played pretty much every show with them after, apart from the ballroom. Yeah, pretty much, bar one or two, I think. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I've still got all the photos from those gigs. You recorded the whole set of us playing at Voodoo after Christmas. That was fucking horrible, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
stickiest floor I've ever stood on. It was that sticky, I ended up jumping out of my shoes. And then whose idea was it to give teenagers alcohol before they went on stage? We were all of legal drinking age. We No, we were, yeah. I wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were. I'm sure, yeah, you must have been. No. 16, isn't it, yeah? That's six form, weren't it? That's legal drinking age sixteen, isn't it? Nope. I thought it was eighteen. Eighteen is indeed eighteen. Yeah. yeah. I thought yeah, it was sixteen. What about? Oh, Ben. <laughs> That's for you know, gambling. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> no, it's not. Just not. I don't know. I, I don't know you know. can play lottery at sixteen. Yeah, well, you could when I was a child. So yeah, that's what that's what we were actually you know doing for the record. We were actually we were on stage and and the promoter had let us play lottery before yeah. we went on stage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, and I was hammered. Mate, I swear to God, we we absolutely got massive. to a point where we actually had a forty-five minute set, we and we played it in twenty-five minutes. I remember that because people were like, "Where's the oh, rest?" Is that it? <laughs> Honest to God, I remember falling off stage at the end. What stage? It was about. It was about <laughs> a much more stage. <laughs> I was just, like, there was enough for it to hurt when I landed. To be fair. That was a weird show. <laughs> that was such a weird show. And then our ex guitarist was wearing like a Superman skin tight <laughs> oh, <fucking> vest, <laughs> and we were like, "Dude, that was our last show with him." Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Um, My younger brother was dressed like a history teacher, if you remember. Didn't everyone have <laughs> Christmas hats on? Uh, yeah, for like half hour. No, not half hour. For like half a minute until like. We had banged. Yeah, yeah but you, you rocked that as your your Facebook photo for like a, quite a while. I did. Do you? Yeah. And you took that photo. Thanks, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> All right. comes from so, full circle. Yeah, about the same length of hair, except you straightened it. I did indeed straighten yeah. it. I was. I'm know. glad you don't do that anymore. Man. <laughs> you nine, had your septum pierced. Yes, a yeah. face full of fucking piercings. Yeah, and metal detector. Was that before or after like you had that phase of like dying half of your hair like pink? Oh no, that was during. Was it during? Yeah, I remember Jesus having... Christ. We had like a really great photo shoot set up. Shout out Jane Kindred. And um <laughs> my hair was like half pink, half Josh ginger. dyed his hair half pink, half whatever. And it and used to fade really and, quick so it went orange. And also yeah. completely tied back. Yeah, and then you fucking shaved your beard off. The day of, when we were oh, like, yeah. dude. <laughs> I remember that photo. <laughs> yeah, but to be fair, at that age, I had just a tri- mega chin strap. I'll take it that. Was, yeah, I will take disgusting. that over your bum <laughs> chin, mate. So, uh, yeah, you were going to ask a question. What were you going to say? I've got a question for both of you. Before shows, what was your one ritual that you had to do? Go for a wear. Okay. And check oh, that your wang shit. wasn't out. Yeah, check that your wang weren't out. Yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> basically make sure like my modesty was preserved <laughs> mine this is gonna sound like literally flashing back to the fact that I used to throw drumsticks um, super glue drumsticks to your hands <laughs> that's a good idea shit oh. that hurt man so obviously I went through a, a phase of wrapping my sticks with grip tape which does not work for well, I don't care what anyone says you got them slimy hands I got them slimy hands um, and so yeah, I used to wrap my drumsticks and then the other thing was actually I would do the same as Tom. I'd go to the toilet and I'd wash my hands because hygiene is important. It is important, especially in these day and age. And then I would make sure that my hands were bone dry. You were exactly the same. That was what I was going to I was going to say <laughs> for mine because I was so fucking like I was so conscious that I was going to be playing and my hands being either wet from going to the bathroom beforehand or being sweaty as fuck, I'd drop the pick 
and it being the only pick because I was poor as fuck at the time, <laughs> I'd just be like, <laughs> just my uh, fingernails, and I wouldn't be able to play the sets at all. There were like three other people in the band who play guitar. Surely, like, you could have we found to, a We pick. used to share so much gear. Like, Joe used my bass for, like... That's musical gear. Oh, yeah, not drugs. No, no. <laughs> Don't touch drugs, kids. No, absolutely, they're terrible. Um, but, yeah, he, he, we used to share musical gear. Like all the time, you used my amp for a while because you had a great, you had a Marshall amp. No, 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 it was a Roland. It was a Roland Blues Cube. I remember you had a Marshall amp and then you sat on it while we were playing the one time and then the amp fell forward and you fucked the amp. Fuck, yes, I did. Why were you fucking an amp? Yeah, he put his, he put his ding really in the good. hole. <laughs> Very good. It's that tiny, really good amp. That tiny quarter inch jack hole fit perfect. Jack hole. <laughs> Yeah, oh so my God. We're, all, <laughs> we're all so old for this sort of humor. And then you had the, and I still say to this day, you had that Roland Blues amp. I've still got it. Literally run a metal core through it. Best guitar pedal ever. Shut your mouth. <laughs> um, and then um, your That's tone. so bad. <laughs> your tone so was so good. Bad. It was. I don't know how you got a tone from. A metal core. Just. <laughs> Sorry. Wait, was it metalcore or metal zone? Because both are like I don't like. Well, metal zone are the other kind of top tier. Metalcore was lower tier. You started with a metalcore. When you say top tier, you know what I'm trying to like say. Top tier of what? Top tier of dog shit. I'm pretty sure it was metal zone. Ah, okay. Yeah, I think so. I've still got it. Why it or not? It's not too bad. It is. Oh god, this is where <laughs> this is where the debate starts. <laughs> Start the debate, guys. Go on. <laughs> We've got pros and cons. Go on, pros first. Uh, Easy distortion. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> nah, the, uh, big chuggy wuggies. <laughs> yeah, big. I can dial in a really beautiful tone with my amp and then completely ruin it. <laughs> That's <Okay>. all it is. <laughs> nah, to be fair, there's been, like, within the past 18 months, I've built up a proper pedal board. It's still in there, but it's not used as much. Well, I, I tend to, to use be fair, when you've got screamer. a 5150 and a tube screamer and yeah, why you stuff like that. that? <laughs> <laughs> he buys a 5150 head and cab and he's just like, metal zone to the max. You like this tone I've dialed in? <laughs> Want to not hear it at all? <laughs> so I don't think we need to do the pros and cons then. I think that's just said it itself. Yeah. So. I need to so yeah, Damn the Torpedoes is a good album. It's a very good album, um, from what I've heard. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I mean, we did have, like, the first half of it on while you guys were setting up. See, that's how I that's how I take in music better. Mm, that's interesting. So that, was a, that was a weird sort of sentence to say, but that's, that's yeah. how I... I get where you're coming from, but, like, it's weird because, like, I'm completely the opposite. Like, if I was going to, like, listen to a piece of music for the first time that I was excited about. Like I'd have to be doing nothing else. I think I've got to a point where I, you know, working where I work, there's obviously music on all day. I like, not intentionally in a way, like I will listen to music in the background. Um, and then if something perks my fancy, um, I'll just go, yeah, and it's ready to go. So, um, yeah, it's, it's one of those that it'll kind of, Sorry, Josh is just fixing some of the camera. So um, when it comes to stuff like that, stuff will be on in the background and I'll, I'll, it'll kind of be like, oh, 
Yeah. I kind of like that. I like a melody or something like that. And then all of a sudden, I'll Shazam it. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah. I'll listen to yeah, the I, sort I of you. purpose sort of thing. So, yeah, I do I do prefer it. Everything. All right, Josh. Yeah. That's fine. If half of it's just me and Josh. So, we've run out of memory on my camera, which I should have just... Um, I should have actually just set it to 1080p. Sorry about that. We are recording. You're probably going to see a microphone bar in my face, but that's all right. Sorry if the video has been a bit weird for people who are watching it, but either way, <laughs> we are coming up to time anyway. Would you like to give any last words for your album? Uh, yeah, actually, yeah. I learned an interesting bit of trivia about it today. Is that I don't know if you are allowed to put it up on the bottom corner of the screen or whatever. You know. Do it right there. There. <laughs> um, the guitar that Tom has got like around him for the album cover was actually the other guitarist in the Heartbreakers, Mike Campbell's, oh. and he bought it. I think he bought it for the album because they wanted a twelve string, and like he found it in like an ad listing, um, and like went and met the guy and said like, "Yeah, I'll buy it for two hundred dollars or whatever." And the guy came out, and Mike was really disappointed because it wasn't like the big. Like Rickenbacker, like George Harrison had. Yeah. But so he was like, "I'll I'll give you 150 for it." He was like, "Yeah, fine, whatever." Um, a bit later on, they were at the Rickenbacker factory, maybe, or there was like a Rickenbacker dealer or something like that. And he looked at the serial number, and apparently that guitar was the what the next one off production line after like the one that George Harrison played. No way. Really? Magical instrument. So yeah, Mike Campbell paid one hundred and fifty dollars for that. Wow, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's great. That's a really good piece of trivia. To be fair, yeah. but um, I knew that that guitar was special because I'd, I'd read something about that guitar before. Mm. There was, I think it was a YouTube video that I've seen. Mm. But yeah, it's just it, I, I really recommend listening to it from start to finish. As a body of work, it's just phenomenal. Um, as a songwriter, for me. It, really changed my perspective and outlook on how to construct songs and how to write lyrics and it's just a really special album yeah so great segue there tom i recommend you listen to this from beginning to end as a body of work too yeah, so so. Stop <laughs> dipping out everyone <laughs> so um yeah we're gonna end it here just because obviously one camera's gone I'm getting covered by a bar on this camera, and you've got Josh and Ben's pretty faces on the other camera. So, nice smile, Josh. Yeah. Uh, we're going to wrap it up. Thank you for joining us, everyone. And um, sorry about certain camera issues. Hopefully, that camera's not been off for too long. And um, we will see you in the next one. Well, I've really enjoyed this. Yeah, thank you yeah, for having absolutely. me. It's been fun. Thank you. Say goodbye, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.